What is up, everybody? I am Sean, and I am back, back again for another episode of the Slinging Scuds podcast. This is number 34, episode number 34 already. We're going to get right into the action. Start with Around the World. I haven't done that in a couple weeks, but we're going to do it this time. Start off with Ric Flair. The Nature Boy is in the hospital. Earlier this week was put in a medically induced coma, underwent surgery. Not looking good for the Nature Boy right now. The 16-time world champ, uh, still in critical condition, still in the hospital. He's doing better than he was earlier this week, but a long way to go. Uh, One of the greatest wrestlers of all time, one of the the biggest personalities of all time. Uh, We're all rooting for you, Nature Boy. Uh, Pull through this, get you back on on our TV sometime soon. That'd be great, hopefully. Uh, you know, best wishes go out to, to Rick and Charlotte and, and the whole family. And then you move to baseball. You've got Chad Bettis. Man, what a story that was. Uh, underwent surgery for testicular cancer earlier this year. Had missed the entire major league season up to this point. But on Monday, he was back on a big league mound. And it really didn't matter what he did. It didn't matter if he went out there and, and got lit up for 15 runs in one inning. It, just seeing him on the mound after going through something like that, fantastic. But he went out on Monday through seven shutout innings. Uh, his first start this season after you know, the chemotherapy and everything in the offseason. And, and to come back like that and throw such a, such a great game, absolutely amazing stuff. You know, good job for him. Tough guy pulling through all this. And, and uh, you know, hopefully he can help the Rockies down the stretch. Maybe they can pull into a playoff spot. What a story that would be if, if Chad Bettis comes back and, and propels them into the postseason. We'll see what, what happens there, but no matter what, great great stuff for him. Let's pivot to the Giants. They went 2-4 and four last week, but before we get into what happened there, I realized last week when I recorded, after I recorded, that I didn't even mention George Contos. George Contos, a good Giant, but he's no longer a Giant. He was claimed off waivers by the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Giants let him go for free, for nothing. I, I thought that was strange. I thought they would at least be able to get, you know, something for him. I'm a, a low-level prospect, one of those kind of, you know, just throw-in guys, but uh, he was let go for nothing. That was a bit surprising to me, but I guess if, you know, they would have traded him in, in July if they were going to get something back for him, but you know, George, five years, six years with the Giants, traded in four in 2012, and he, he turned into a, a really good pitcher for the team. He was a great bridge guy for the core four. You know, the guy who, who was brought in in the early innings, was usually brought into a mess, and he was very good at getting out of those messes, stranding inherited runners. He was so good at it for a long time. You know, a couple of years ago, we had a stretch of 30 consecutive runners, uh, inherited runners stranded to start a season. Just was great. But this year, just uh, with a lot of the pitching staff, he was he was not at the top of his game this year. And uh, from the sounds of it, the beat writers make it sound like he would have been non-tendered at the end of the year anyway. So they, he would have been let go for, for basically nothing. But now he's got a chance to go to Pittsburgh. Maybe they can sneak into the postseason too. They're not that far out of it. And He's going to a really good spot in Pittsburgh as well. Ray Searage, one of the best pitching coaches in the game. That 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 coaching staff is is really good at getting the best out of pitchers. So George, uh, even though he's no longer a Giant, still in a very good spot with Pittsburgh. Four appearances so far, four innings pitched, one run, five strikeouts. Hopefully Searage can treat him well, and George can have a nice long baseball career ahead of him in Pittsburgh. You know, best of luck to the guy. 
back to the current day Giants, two and four on the road trip. What a really weird road trip it was. It started in Washington. Uh, they get in on Friday. Well, they get in on Thursday. Had an off day on Thursday. Series is supposed to start on Friday, and it doesn't. Rain hits. Rains all night. Uh, the game isn't called till after ten o'clock, which is weird. I mean, it's gonna rain all night. The radar showed it all night. You could have called it at eight o'clock and just tried to make it up later the next day or, or on Sunday. They did schedule the two the double header for Sunday, and then you get Saturday. Another three-hour rain delay. <laughs> First pitch doesn't come till I believe, after 10 o'clock on the East Coast. So in Washington time, it doesn't come till after 10 o'clock. So you get that nine-inning game in. You come back the next day. You play two games. They split the doubleheader on Sunday. But you end up – and the, the second game is an 11-inning extra-inning game. So you end up playing 29 innings of baseball in under 25 hours. Just over one day, you play three games plus a couple extra innings. It was it was a debacle. It was it was awful. And then they go to Miami. Luckily, a dome in Miami, so they don't have to worry about any more rain delays. It seems like every time they've come to the East Coast this season, there's been some kind of rain that has just thrown a wrench into any kind of plans they have. They go one and two in Miami. They they win the middle game in the series, lose the opener and the finale. John Carlos Stanton is ridiculous. Uh, extended his home run streak to six consecutive games in the first two games of the series. Didn't hit one in the finale, so he's not going to tie or, or break the eight game record yet. You know he's he's on an absolute tear. He might do it at some point this season, but we're going to talk more about John Carlos later on during the Q and A. One of the big things from this road trip is Joe Panic. And if you want something to sum up the Giants' luck this year, it would be the play that Joe Panic was injured on. Panic's on second base. A base hit goes up the middle, and uh, I think uh, Michael Taylor in center field for the Nats on Saturday, uh, Sunday, one of the doubleheader games, the second game of the doubleheader. Throws into into the plate, you know, looks like a normal play. Panic goes into a slide. The throw comes a little bit up the third baseline. It it just looks like a normal play. And as soon as Panic goes into his slide, the ball somehow hits him in the head. Uh, Matt Wieters, the, the Nats catcher, gets a glove on it so it doesn't fully impact Joe's head. But what are the odds of that? A throw from center field hitting a guy sliding in the head at home plate. Are you kidding me? There's one in one in one billion, it feels like. It's ridiculous how this is normal for the Giants this year. You know, bad performance has been such a huge part of this terrible season, but they have had the worst luck I've ever seen. And the play at the plate on panic proves it. How does that happen? A throw from center field hits him in the head at the plate. Are you kidding me? So now he's on the disabled list. It seems this is they, they're listing it as a concussion. He's on the concussion DL, but this seems like maybe a little bit more precautionary than normal. He did have the concussion last season and it completely derailed his season. But he has uh, everything says that he's passed his concussion tests. He's not you know as bad as he was last season, which is a great thing. But still, it's his second concussion in two years. 
And the same thing with Brandon Bell. It's his fourth concussion in eight years. These guys are – one concussion is bad enough, but to have multiple concussions in such a short span is scary. You know, the, this is the human brain we're talking about. This is scary stuff to get hit in the head with baseballs as frequently as they have. It's just – it's insane. It is absolutely insane. Hopefully Joe is okay Maybe he can come back this year. Maybe they just shut him down and say we're not going to take any chances. Either way, hopefully this isn't a career changer. I mean, he was starting to get hot again at the plate, and then this happens. The baseball gods are just laughing at the Giants now. They're trying to make it as entertaining as possible for them. They're being jerks. They're big jerks. But on to some happier stuff. How about Chris Stratton on Saturday? Pitches the opener in the doubleheader. And man, was he good. He was phenomenal. Six and two-thirds shutout inning. Struck out 10. Didn't allow a run. Fantastic. He looked as good as – he looked way better than he's ever looked as a big league pitcher to this point. He's had spot starts and mostly mop-up relief appearances, and he's never really blown blown people away with, with his stuff. But on Saturday – or on Sunday it was – he was throwing five-plus pitches. He had the fastball that he was spotting, a two-seam fastball. Maybe his best pitch of the day was a two-seam fastball to Ryan Zimmerman, a 2-0 count. Zimmerman, one of the most dangerous hitters in the league this year. He's having a stellar season. And Stratton just throws this two-seamer, cutting in on Zimmerman's hands, and Zimmerman just takes this weak half swing. And it's you don't see him take swings like that. And It was a beautiful pitch. And then you got the curveball and the slider, the curveball, High 70s, the the slider mid-80s. Both of them spotting it beautifully below the zone in the dirt, getting swings and misses. And then he threw a changeup a few times as well, and he got some swings and misses out of that. He looked so good, and that's what you want to see out of these guys who are getting auditions right now in a season like this. You want to see somebody put it together like this. He looked like the first-round pick that he is. And he's, he's now showing potential. He's now making... People think that, oh, hey, maybe he can be something next year, be a part of this team. But he's got to continue that, of course. But this is, you know, he's now set a very high bar for himself that he's going to have to try to at least get close to. He may not throw six and two-thirds shutout again and and strike out ten, but if you can see sort of the same uh, location stuff with his his curveball and his slider, you know, good – 2C movement, good change-up to, bat- to balance it all out. You know, this is what you want to see. You want to see somebody have a game like this, build their confidence, and hopefully take it into the rest of the season and they can do something with it. Another young guy who's who's coming up big lately, Ryder Jones. His last eight games, he's hitting over 360. He's hitting 360 right on the dot. Nine for 25, two doubles, two home runs. He looks confident. You know, after such a slow start to the season, his first 11 big league games, 3 for 36. He's in 083, and now it's all coming together. He's starting to get the barrel on the ball. He's hit a couple home runs. He's not getting caught out in front on these off-speed pitches. He's showing great balance, great hands. Uh, The home run he hit against Miami on Tuesday, uh, fastball way up and in. He just keeps his hands in, turns on it, gets the bat head out, and he smokes it down the, the right field line just inside the fair foul pole. Second career home run. It was impressive. It's a very impressive swing of the bat. And again, just like with Stratton, this is what you want to see. You want to see guys building confidence, getting their feet wet at the big league level, and doing good things like this. Get some confidence and give the manager confidence in you. This is great for Stratton and for Ryder. 
So yeah, there's a lot to cover in the Q&A this week. got some, some very in-depth questions, so we're going to jump right into that. First up is Steven, a very frequent asker of questions here in the Q&A session. Uh, he wants to know about the role of Pablo Sandoval in 2018. But it's hard to imagine him having a, a seriously big role in 2018 if he continues to play the way he has. He hasn't been great. You know, just like his Boston self, he's in 222, slugging 361. Uh, he's just he's not making hard contact a lot, and that's a problem. If you want to use Pablo to sort of allow the younger guys time, guys like uh, Christian Arroyo, he can start in the minor leagues next year and make up for all the time he missed because of the injuries. You, you need a little bit more out of him. And if you're the teams keep saying, you know, we're trying to compete next year. If you really want to do that, you can't have Pablo playing at this level. So he needs to show something more in these last six weeks or so if he wants to have a role next season. And if the team is serious about that, they can't just bring him back because it's a nice story and people like him and he can sell hats. If they're serious about competing, Pablo Sandoval cannot play every day if he's hitting two twenty two and, and slugging under four hundred. If he can show any kind of improvement though, you know, it'll be an okay stopgap until Arroyo's ready, until Jones is ready to play every day next season, until whoever. But for now, he needs to just, first of all, show improvement this season. Next up, Taylor, he wants, back to Giancarlo Stanton, he wants to know, although it's not happening, what would it take to acquire Giancarlo Stanton, and what would it do to the team in the coming years? That's a tough question to answer, because right now, we don't really know what's going on with Stanton. He's cleared waivers, uh, so he's open to be traded to anybody uh, within his no-trade clause, but we don't really know what the ownership group is doing right now. The, the Jeter-led group is supposed to be buying the team, but when that does go through, are they going to trade away Stanton and start anew, or are they going to build around Stanton and fix the pitching staff and, and keep Stanton as the main attraction while they try and make things better? If they do want to trade him, it would probably take the uh, team he's being traded to taking on a lot of his contract, a whole lot of his contract. And of course, the more money you take on from Giancarlo, the less you would have to give in return. So if you take on the entire what three hundred million dollar contract, you don't have to send much. You might have maybe one prospect, maybe nothing depending on how serious the Marlins are about just getting rid of him. And then what would it do to a team in the coming years? If the Giants were that team to go out and trade for Stanton, it would handcuff them. It would. They're already locked up in a lot of money in the next two, three, four years. And to take on a guy who's going to get that much money just really handcuffs them. They would have to rely a lot on these minor league uh, contract players, these minor league call-ups, the rookies. Basically, it would it would handcuff the Giants, but then you think about the Dodgers, how much money they have, how many prospects they have, and they could basically just outdo anything the Giants would offer. Say, hey, we'll take on the whole contract and we'll give you a couple guys. The Giants can't match that. So it really is sort of a pipe dream to get Stanton and all signs, if they're serious about trading him, would point to him either going to New York 
or to the Dodgers where they have all this money and they have all these prospects. It would be so good to have John Carlo with the Giants, wouldn't it, though? You know, they, they haven't had that big bopper in the middle like that since Bonds. You know, it's been a decade now since they've had that true every time he's up power threat in the lineup. And to, to watch him wear out left field, uh, that would be something. But, you know, don't hold your breath on that. You know, that's probably not going to happen. As Taylor said, it's not happening. It would have to be a miracle for it to happen. But, you know, miracles happen sometimes. We'll see. Moving forward, Hudson wants to know, should we just hope this is a down year or should they begin a legitimate rebuild next season? They are hoping this is just a down year. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're putting money on Brandon Belt, Joe Panic, guys like that coming back healthy, Brandon Bell, or Brandon Crawford bouncing back from this terribly awful year he's having, uh, Johnny Cueto being healthy, Matt Moore not stinking up the joint, Madison Baumgartner getting through an entire season after his injury. They're betting on all this stuff, plus getting Will Smith and Mark Melanson back healthy. They're betting on all this, and they're not going to be in a legitimate rebuild because there's they can't. I don't think they can this year. I mean, who's going to take on Hunter Pence when he's playing as badly as he has? Although he has been better in the last two or three weeks, but who's going to take on one more year of Hunter Pence or Denard Span? You know, Denard Span had a huge month of July, and he's basically done nothing since. So the team is hoping that this is a down year. And next year they'll be back, and it's possible. It's very possible, but it's also very possible that that doesn't happen. And this is the uh, just the beginning of a very long, arduous couple of years. So I mean, we should just hope what the front office is hoping, and hope this is a down year, and they'll be back next year. But you know, who knows? That's that's only something that. We can see next year, you know, the, the roster is probably going to look quite different. So we'll have to you know, wait. That's all you can do. Can't really, you can't do nothing about it now. You just have to wait and see. And as much as that sucks, it is what it is. Uh, the last question we have, I saved this one for last because I don't know how long I can ramble on about this one. Uh, from Raka, he wants to know the thoughts on the Ezekiel Elliott situation. And for those uninitiated, Ezekiel Elliott was suspended by the NFL for six games this coming regular season because of a domestic violence incident that occurred a few years ago, like two years ago, I think. I don't know what to make of this. I just, I don't know. Everything I have seen about this whole situation points to Zeke's ex-girlfriend Tiffany kind of setting him up, kind of you know trying to bring him down, basically. They have the text messages of of Tiffany texting her friend asking, hey, if I say this about Zeke, are you going to cover for me, basically? So I don't know what exactly the NFL saw in their investigation. That's the big thing. The big thing that, that bothers me about this is that the NFL found something in their investigation, found some kind of evidence that warranted a six-game suspension. But... Two different police departments couldn't find that same evidence, and there were no charges, and Zeke is getting off scot-free. I want to know – that's what I want to know. I want to know what is the difference in the two investigations or the three basically investigations of the police departments and the NFL that gave them this evidence that 
warrants the suspension. That's what I want to know. I don't know what happened. I, I don't know. I don't know if Zeke did it. I don't know if he's being set up. All I can all I can think is what has been presented to me, what I have seen. And what I've seen is that this is uh, somebody who's upset and trying to, to take somebody down. I don't know if that's what's going on. That's what the evidence I, I, I think points to. I don't know. And then to give him six games, I understand why, because Roger Dell is now trying to seem like this is a big deal and now we need to take care of it because for so long they didn't. Josh Brown got one game for evidence of years of, of spousal abuse. So now you need to, you know, nip this in the bud, even though you're years late on it, to stop it from happening in the future. I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of murky details on this, and I I really don't know what to make of it. Uh, Zeke has the appeal filed, so I guess we'll figure out at some point what's going to happen, but I I just don't know. I, I just don't know. But yeah, that's all I've got for today. That's that's probably far enough today. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending in your questions for the Q&A. It had been a while since I'd done a, a, a real Q&A because uh, I have a terrible memory and I forget to ask most weeks. But we're back on it. We're going to get back on a roll here. I'm going to log off here for the night. So thanks again for listening and everything. Until next time, good night and don't swing anything in the dirt.